Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by KL Skin Naturals. Their award-winning deodorant is now offered in brand new biodegradable packaging. Head on over to klskindeodorant.com and use promo code WILDROSE10 to save 10% off your next order. That's klskindeodorant.com and use promo code WILDROSE10 to save 10% off your next order. On this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast, you'll hear from Amanda Griffey, who is a sixth-generation farmer, farm wife, boy mom, and artist. She farms with her third-generation farmer husband on his grain, hay, and beef cattle farm in east-central Indiana. Before we get to today's episode, like always, let's go over the review of the week. This week's review comes from Faith, Family, and Farming via Apple Podcasts. This five-star rating and review is titled, All the Positive Feels. Ladies, if you aren't listening to the Rural Women Podcast, you are missing out. So encouraging and uplifting, whether it's giving advice or just letting other women out there know that we are not alone. It's great. Definitely go give it a listen. I think you will love it. Well, thank you so much for your kind words over on Apple Podcasts. And you guys, if you haven't left an Apple Podcast review yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Use your Apple product and give the Rural Woman Podcast a rating and review. This helps others find the show and helps get the word of women and agriculture out there. And a big hello and thank you to our newest member of the Patreon gang, Haley E. Thanks for joining the crew. If you guys are interested in learning more about supporting the show through Patreon, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. And without further ado, my friends, let's get to Amanda's interview. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. I am excited that you're here on the Rural Woman podcast today. Thank you for having me. I am excited to get to know you a little bit more, Amanda. So for my listeners who are unfamiliar with you, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Well, I'm Amanda Griffey, and I am at least sixth generation farmer. That's at least how far back we can trace it. And I'm married to my husband, Thomas. He is a third generation farmer, and we live in east central Indiana, right along. We're just about 10 miles from the Ohio state line. And we farm with my husband's family. We have two children that we farm with my husband's family. And it's his two brothers and their families and his dad and stepmom and then his grandparents. And we all live within a six-mile radius on the farm. And we have corn, soybeans, wheat, and hay. And then we raise beef cattle as well. That's very busy, Amanda. And that is a lot of family to be in one operation. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's it's a pretty unique situation, but we really enjoy how close we all are. That's awesome. So you say that you are at least a sixth generation farmer. So tell us more about the original operation that you came from. So my dad's family had hogs, they raised hogs. And then my mom's family were dairy farmers. And I spent most of my growing up years at one of the two farms. Most of my years were spent on my grandparents' dairy farm. And that's the side that we don't know how far back it goes because everybody that we know of in the family farms. So 
that's been kind of interesting to trace. But I grew up on a small dairy, not a lot of acreage, but there was, you know, multiple families involved with that too. And just really enjoyed the closeness of the family and, you know, the didn't always enjoy the hard work, but there was good lessons in it. And just really enjoyed being able to just be, you know, grow up as a kid roaming, you know, wherever we wanted more or less and having kind of being free range kids. So really, really enjoyed that. Out of the three kind of animal agriculture backgrounds that you've had, you've gone from a dairy and your father's family had hogs and now Mm -hmm. with beef cattle, which do you think is your favorite and why? I really miss the dairy cows. I don't necessarily miss the early mornings. I'm not as involved now with the beef cattle as I would like to be. And so I think I would enjoy it a little more if I was able to be a little more hands-on with the livestock now. Mostly my role is, you know, accounting, but at this point, but I do get the chance to get out and mess with the cattle some, but I loved handling the calves and stuff as dairy, you know, we always had bottle calves and stuff as a dairy farmer and I miss getting out and, and handling the calves. And then we grew up showing livestock in 4-H. And so we always had calves and stuff that we were messing with. And so I really miss being able to handle the dairy calves. I think the calves are basically the reason that I like animal agriculture to begin <laughs> with. So. <laughs> They're so darn cute. And I don't, you know, I'm not really you know, with the beef cattle, we have kind of mixed breed kind of feedlot operation. And sometimes we have dairy beef crosses. Sometimes we have full beef, but I grew up with Holsteins and it doesn't matter. They're all cute. Exactly. I agree. We live on big spreads and tiny homesteads, farms, ranches, and everywhere in between. Neighbors separated by barbed wire fences and gravel roads divided by section lines and field boundaries. We are wives and mothers, husbands and fathers, producers and consumers, held together by the threads of history and love. Here in these vast, wide-open places, we answer the call of caregivers to the land, the animals, and our families with open hearts and willing hands. The miles of gravel and pavement between our homes can make the isolation of rural life feel insurmountable. Sometimes we struggle to reach out and ask for help, even though we never pause when one of our own needs our support. We come together in times of crisis and in times of joy. We celebrate together when the markets are up and hold each other together when the world falls apart. We support each other's families from the sidelines and in the trenches. We show up for each other, operating equipment, working cattle, cooking meals, and offering a shoulder to cry on when there's nothing else we can do. We may get knocked down, but together we get back up and carry on. We are fighters who never back down from a challenge or allow obstacles to stop us in our tracks. When the going gets tough, we rally. We rise from the ashes of heartbreak because this life is in our blood and it is part of our soul. Though we are proud of our independence and our strength, we know that together we can overcome challenges we can't handle alone. Introducing Rally, a charitable campaign aiming to bring agriculture together. The agricultural industry is like no other. Farmers and ranchers are truly the eternal optimists. We work against the clock and the elements on a daily basis. We stand alone in our fields and come together in need. The Rally campaign was built for this purpose, to stand together and to support one another. We are the faces of agriculture, no matter the size of our operations. We stand united whether we're conventional or organic, grass or grain finished, big egg or small farm. 
we're all in this together. The Rally Campaign is a fundraising effort to provide funds for selected agricultural organizations. From now until the end of March 2020, funds raised through the Rally Campaign will be donated to the Do More Agricultural Foundation, who is a not-for-profit organization focused on mental health in agriculture across Canada, and the Agri-Ability Project, whose mission is to enhance the quality of life for farmers, ranchers, and other agricultural workers with disabilities so they, their families, and their communities can continue to succeed in rural America. Purchase your Rally Campaign t-shirt over at Chop Wildrose Farmer, with $4 of the proceeds being equally split between these two worthy organizations. For more information about the Rally Campaign, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com rally. So was there ever a time in your life that you thought that you were going to do something with your life other than agriculture? Not really. I always knew that I would be involved probably in some way, shape or form. It was just something that I always enjoyed. It was kind of, you know, bred into me, I think. And we laugh. I have a younger sister and she was the domesticated one and I was not. So I was the one out helping work on equipment and helping take care of livestock and do that sort of thing. And I think I always just knew that I would be somewhere involved in agriculture. I did get into showing horses and stuff as I got older. And I figured that would be my path that I would stay with you know, in the equine industry. And I did for a good while. But things kind of changed after my husband and I met and then it was back to the family farm. So those farmers are darn charming, aren't they? (laughs) They sure are. I don't know what it is about them, but they sure are charming sometimes. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So tell us more about your current operation. You mentioned that it is your husband's family operation that you I'll work on. So tell us more about what you guys do there, what your role is, and how everything works. Okay, so my father-in-law started the farm when he was a young man. It was his dream to always farm. And then once his sons were born, then he had encouraged them and they kind of had us sit down and said, you know, you guys have the option to stay or go. And they all chose to stay on the farm. And my husband is the youngest of three brothers. So they've all married farm women, and most of us girls, the our families have not been able to continue farming, and so we've jumped into the operation of our husbands. And so my sister-in-law and I do most of the accounting and book work. My mother-in-law was involved at some point, but she's had some failing health issues and has had to step away. So my sister-in-law and I have stepped in, and we pretty much run most of the day-to-day accounting operations. My father-in-law still continues to make major decisions, you know, with the input of the boys and the daughter-in-laws, but um, he's still main primary decision maker. And then we also have a feed store. And so there's a lot of times where I fill in in the feed store. We have a few employees that help us with that. But if there's somebody that's off for a day or, you know, the guys are busy, like during planting and harvest, when the boys are, you know, out in the fields, then there needs to be somebody as a backup at the feed store. And then I usually fill in there. So you're kind of like the jack of all trades over there. You kind of can. I can be at times. Yes. (laughs) Sneak in and fill in where you need to. That's great. Yes, there's lots of times in the summer months where I get phone calls and says, hey, can you run the baler today? So it's, you know, whatever kind of equipment that I get thrown into and whatever they need me to do. Absolutely. How do you feel like the transition was moving from your family farm onto another family's farm? Was it difficult for you? 
it has, there's been some bumps. So we sold the cows, our milk cows, my freshman year of college. And so we were already transitioning out of the dairy operation before my husband and I ever met. And then my parents no longer farm, but my grandparents, I've kind of stepped into that role of helping take over some of their operation. But when my husband and I got married, I wasn't able to be as involved with their operation as I had been. And so they have rented out their property and my grandfather has since had a stroke. And so that's been a really hard transition for me because, you know, that's home to me. And so that's been really difficult. But I understand that my husband and I are now building a legacy for our children through his family's farm. And so it's really, it's been tough because I'm really torn, you know, my heart's on my family's farm, but I realized that kind of, you know, my eggs are in the basket for my husband's family's farm. So it's been really challenging. But I know that my uncle, my mom's brother, is more than likely going to try to take over some of the property of my grandparents' farm. And so I know that it's in good hands there. And so it's been a little easier for me to let go of that. Absolutely. And I like what you said that you are building a new legacy for your children to have the potential to continue farming if they choose to do that. Yes. Do you think your kids will continue on? My oldest son likes to be involved, but I don't know at what extent that he will be. But my youngest son, I have no doubt. He's just in kindergarten and he's already kind of teased me like, I don't need school. I'm just going to farm. And I'm like, you still need school. (laughs) You can farm, but you need school too. So he's definitely going to be in the next generation of farming. That is adorable. I love the little farmers (laughs) in everyone's lives. It's so cute. (laughs) they're pretty fun. My husband and I don't have children yet, but my brother's two boys, it's funny to me because they are two and four. And the four-year-old, I think he likes the idea of farming, but he doesn't really understand it. But the two-year-old, I don't know what it is, but he's going to be the little farmer. (laughs) Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman podcast merchandise, shoutouts on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. So what does your day-to-day look like then throughout the seasons? You said that you're kind of the jack of all trades and you can kind of sneak in, but if you could describe a typical day, what would it look like for you? Well, my typical day, normally it's kind of get up and get my boys off to school or wherever they need to be. A lot of times during the summer months, they go with my husband to work and, you know, hang out on the farm all day. And um, then in the morning, I, since I have the art practice, I usually try to work in the studio for a while in the mornings. And then we kind of do a lunch break and then I switch to my farm role. 
unless I'm needed earlier in the day for the farm roll. So it may be filling in at the feed store. Most of the time I'm in the farm office working on accounting and things like that. But it could be running errands or, you know, going to get parts or going to grab lunch or Depending on the season, sometimes during harvest and planting, it's, you know, bring seed to the field or can you run the grain cart or, you know, whatever is needed. So, um, and like I said, in the summer months, it's a lot of times we do a lot of hay work and it's, I need you to run wagons or I need you to run the baler, you know, wherever I'm needed. So usually the afternoons is kind of my farm time and then I am able to get the boys off the bus if it's during the school year and we just work until, you know, it's time to come home and eat dinner and get kids ready for bed. So for sure, you mentioned that you do some artwork. Tell us more about that. Okay, so I'm also a professional artist. And most of my work revolves around the farm. I kind of started out drawing horses as a kid, and it expanded into more than that. So It involves, you know, farm scenes and, you know, those little farm boys playing with toy tractors and that sort of thing. And so um, it's just really what I'm surrounded by and the scenes that I love about farm life and what I just kind of take away as the blessings of farm life that I see, you know, every day. And so I just try to capture that and share it with others. When did you start becoming an artist. You mentioned you drew horses when you were little, but when did you start to take it a little bit more seriously? Well, I always kind of drew as a kid. And then into high school, I had an art teacher that recognized my ability and she was very encouraging. And actually in college, I planned on majoring and being an agriculture teacher, but I started out at the local community college planning on transferring and going to our land-grant school here in Indiana, which would be Purdue University, that was my plan, and going on and be an ag education teacher. And I found out none of my science credits would transfer. So I decided that they had a strong art program, and I decided, well, you know, I need to stay home close to the family farm. Let's just do this instead. And I kind of joke that even though it was a hobby, I didn't ever plan on being an artist. It kind of found me. And then after my husband and I met, I kind of had traveled doing the horse show thing for a while after college. And then when my husband and I had our first son, I was at home and wasn't as involved in the, the farm and stuff as I had previously been. And I had to have back surgery. And so I was home laid up from that. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to drag out my art stuff. I haven't drawn anything in years and sat down and drew something. And my husband looked at me and he goes, why are you not doing this all the time? So that was about six or seven years ago. And so he's been real encouraging and it's just kind of taken off since then. So that's great. Where do you think that you draw the most inspiration for your art from? Oh, gosh. You know, I laugh. It's really my favorite place, I think, is when I'm in the tractor or in a piece of equipment, you know, out driving through the fields and stuff. And you just see, you know, this vast expanse of land that's just, I don't know, here, you know, we they joke that it's the flyover states and there's nothing worth seeing here. But I think these are the best views. And, you know, just the things that you can't see from the highway, you know, that you can't see in the city and the blue skies and the green fields and the bales of hay and the animals just out doing their thing. And, you know, even the farmers just out in the field doing, you know, what they do, what they love to do. I think that's probably where I draw more inspiration 
than anything, you know, that and the legacy and the, the love for the land and then just some of the traditions that come around being a farmer. For sure. I love those. And I have taken a sneak peek at your art and it is absolutely beautiful. And I think what you're doing by kind of capturing these moments on your farm and the inspirations that you draw from, I think if you're in agriculture and you look at these, you can totally see where your inspiration comes from. And they're absolutely beautiful. Thank you. If the listeners are interested in taking a peek at your art, where can they find them? Okay, so my website is www.amandagriffeyfineart.com. I'm also on Facebook at Amanda Griffey Fine Art. Great. And I will link those in the show notes so people can go and check you out. I assume that your art is for purchase. Uh, yes, yes. There, there are a few pieces that mm, they were a little too close to home. And so they've stayed in the house. But yes, I do have quite a bit of prints and cards and there are some originals for sale. Absolutely. That's great. So Amanda, my final question for you, what is the most rewarding part for you of being a farmer? I would say seeing my kids raised the way I was, like I said, kind of the free range kids, you know, free to run and play and explore and learn what life is all about through farm life. You know, there's so many lessons. There's, you know, the cycle of life. There is the work ethic. There is the business savvy. There's so many good lessons for them to learn. And I think that's been the biggest blessing for me is to see my kids learning those, you know, alongside their cousins and alongside their dads and grandfather. And that's just it just makes my heart happy. Absolutely. It's a beautiful life for sure. It is. Amanda, it has been so great getting to know you. If the listeners would like to connect with you online after the show, where can they connect with you? I am on Facebook, like I said, Amanda Griffey Fine Art, as well as Instagram. I have two accounts on Instagram. I am the day-to-day farm stuff is on the artist farm wife. And then um, most just art stuff is at Amanda Griffey Fine Art on Instagram. Perfect. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you and purchase and love your beautiful art. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.